Too many times we stand aside and let the water slip away to what we put off to tomorrow has finally come today. So don't stand upon the shoreline and say you're satisfied. I choose to chance the rapids and dare to dance the tide. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, I am Maxwell Ivy, known around the world as the blind blogger. And this is another episode of What's Your Excuse, where I'm going to help you overcome the excuses that are holding you back by sharing conversations with people who have overcome adversity, who have thrived in spite of difficult life circumstances, who have struck out on their own and started an unusual business, or who I just happen to find interesting or personally inspiring. And you can find the podcast at theblindblogger.net. You can also find it on wyexcuse.com along with the other shows on the What's Your Excuse podcast network. And you can also ask Alexa or Google to play What's Your Excuse? So I do hope y'all will check out the podcast. We want to thank our sponsor, uh, Blubbery or Blueberry, depending on which screen reader you're using as to how it's pronounced. But basically, they are the podcast hosting providers for What's Your Excuse and the WYE Network. Uh, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, then you could do what you, then the thing you need to do is to get started with the right company to begin with, uh, their player is accessible both on the front end and the back end, and uh, embedding your content with a website or blog is very simple. So I hope you all check out Blubbery.com. And they aren't a sponsor, but I've benefited from their product, and I'm now an affiliate for Crystal Creek Organics. Uh, their CBD has helped me a lot with my knee pain and fatigue. So I appreciate uh, their product. It's uh, very well made and, and uh, tested to heck and back. So I hope y'all will check out crystalcreekorganics.com and there will be links to both of these in the show notes. So today we have another, uh, I'm going to call him inspiring guest because I, there aren't a lot of people who I personally say are inspirational to me, but you see, I lost my vision in a gradual period over years. Our guest today, Kevin Lowe, at 17, he woke up one day and it was darkness, uh, complete loss of vision in a matter of hours. And so the way we lost our vision and I imagine the way we've dealt with our vision loss are drastically different. So, but in spite of that, he has spent his life since first figuring out how to find light in the darkness for his, for himself but then also showing other people how to find the light in their particular version of darkness. Uh, He continues to help people as a life coach and host of the wonderful podcast, The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. You can find him at lowdownwithkevinlowe.com. And um, he believes that if he can just help one person by sharing his stories, that he will be a success. So, Really happy to have Kevin with us today. I'm looking forward to a great conversation. So, Kevin, thanks, and welcome to What's Your Excuse? Ah, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. 
Well, I'm glad to have you on the other side of the mic, so to speak. We had a great conversation for your podcast just a few days ago. So I'm I'm sure this will be wonderful. Uh, we seem to have a, a, a real chemistry of people who've known each other for years instead of people who've spent maybe about three hours together so far. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yes. Okay. So uh, why don't we start with, you know, what caused your vision loss and your immediate reactions to it and uh, just take it from there because I imagine that, uh, that that particular story is going to be what most people are interested in and probably will get us started for any other questions I might have for you. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it goes back when I was, I was in my junior year of high school. Um, so this was 2003. Um, I was 17 years old living life. Um, you know, just, just like any other high schooler, um, you know, life, life was going amazing. I had a, had a big uh, Ford F-150 uh, truck, um, and it was raised, had big mud tires. Oh, my goodness. It was it was my pride and joy. And um, so life was going really amazing um, until all of a sudden it wasn't. And it wasn't came with the news that I had a brain tumor. Now, at the time, um, here I was 17 years old, but... I was a little guy. I had never gone through puberty. I wasn't growing. I literally was only five foot three. So I was like the littlest guy in school with the biggest truck. And um, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, and so my my mom and grandmother finally were just kind of fed up with, with my pediatrician who just kind of kept blowing everything off. Who kept saying, oh, no, he's just a late bloomer. You know, everything's fine. So they finally, they finally had enough, realized, you know what? No, something, something's wrong. Um, because not only was I not growing, but I also, I had migraine headaches literally every, every single day of my life. Um, and, and so I had all these, these little things and didn't know what was wrong until I had went to a specialist and, um, the specialist that day in the, the, um, doctor's office, he said, He's like, well, he's like, I suspect that, you know, you have a brain tumor. And that was a complete shock because at that point, I mean, we never heard of anyone having a brain tumor. I never thought that could be what would be wrong with me. And uh, the news would come, though, um, on a Friday evening. My mom would get the call on her way home from work. And um, it was it was the doctor and he called he let her know he's like listen he's like um we got the results of the mri and he said and it's worse than i expected he said i have on the other line the um pediatric neurosurgeon's office he said because the um the brain tumor it was large it was a called a craniopharyngioma and so it was it was non-cancerous um, but it was, it was large. It was, they compared it to the size of a plum and it was positioned right in the crosshairs of my optic nerve. It had completely encased my pituitary gland and was pressing against my carotid artery. And so literally at the time that they found this tumor, I remember the, uh, the pediatric neurosurgeon telling us that without it being removed that he gave me at most six months to live. 
And so that, you know, that was what I thought was the big deal. Um, you know, was that I had this brain tumor and, and, and it was scary and all of that, but I was assured everything was going to be perfectly fine. I, I was told literally I'd go into surgery, I'd have it and I'd be out of school for like three, four weeks. And that was it. The, the biggest thing for me was the fact that he, the surgeon told me I would have to stay off of my four wheeler for six months. And as a 17 year old kid who grew up riding dirt bikes and four wheelers, that was a super big deal. And I just, you know, couldn't get over how ridiculous that was, you know? And so anyways, um, I went into surgery, um, the morning of October 28th, 2003. And, um, that's, that's when I really tell people I use, I use the analogy that basically my life died in the operating room and a new life began because when I awoke from surgery, um, I was left completely blind. Um, I don't remember any of this. Um, nothing, literally like nothing went right. Um, following the, the surgery, um, you know, I told you that they said I'd be back to school in three weeks. Well, I ended up staying in the ICU for like two weeks following surgery with all kinds of medical issues happening. And and it was there, I think, maybe around maybe two days, three days after surgery that they found out that I couldn't see. And that was my mom and the uh, the neurosurgeon were in the room with me at that point. And that's when they, they realized that, that I was left blind. And so I, I was left completely blind. So I have no light perception. Um, you know, as I say, no shapes, no shadows, nothing, just complete blackness. And um, I also lost my sense of smell at the same time. So, so that was, that was kind of, this major just life change. And so, um, you know, that, that, like I said, a new life began and, and it would take a really long time um, to really step into this new life and, 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 and realize that, you know what, even though it's not like it used to be, and even though it's not like a dream that it would be, doesn't mean that it still can't be great but it took a long point to get there. Um, for a long time, it was literally just going through the motions. It was, as I tell everybody, it was me and my entire family. It was kind of like just survival, you know, and um, survival physically with all the, the new medical issues that were happening with me and survival emotionally. And, um, but, you know, I would, I would keep pressing on, um, people always ask me, they always want to know how I've done it. How, how was I able to get through those times? And, and I always say, I say, it wasn't just me. It was me paired with my faith and my family. And those two things are what helped me to get through the darkest times of my life. And, and I would end up, um, you know, going on to, you know, get back to school for the start of my senior year. Um, that was a big deal for me. Um, I don't know why, um, because I hated school. And so you would have thought I would have been like, whoop, whoop, get out of school free card. Like, this is awesome. 
But instead, for some reason, I was like, from the very beginning, I had this driving force that I wanted to be able to graduate with my class. And so I literally had, um, I never went back to school um, my junior year. Instead, I had teachers that was called a hospital homebound. And so they had teachers. I had a teacher who came to the house who taught me my school subjects, another one who taught me how to u- to learn Braille and how to use a, the computer with JAWS. And, and then I had a third teacher who taught me mobility using a white cane. And, um, and all of that, you know, happened in, in, like I said, I was just going through so many medical issues just from having brain surgery and, and all of that. But I pushed through it and I literally started back um, at my, at my high school for the start of my senior year. Um, I just went to, to one class. We had four classes a day. And so I went to one class um, at school and I did the others back at home with those same teachers and literally walked across the stage at my high school graduation. And, um, and so that was, you know, that was kind of like just this, you know, life, life is one of those things where you, you think, you know, how it's going, you think it's going amazing, everything's going great. And then just things, you know, happen and, you know, and, and, um, you know, looking back on it now, I mean, it, it's, it's so crazy. Um, it seems so, so foreign so long ago, yet it's all so fresh in my mind, even, you know, now, gosh, 18 years later. Right. So, Talk to that a little bit, because there are a lot of people right now who are dealing with lives where they were doing everything right, and through no fault of their own, they find themselves homeless, they find themselves uh, confined to their homes, they find themselves uh, out of work or doing their work in ways that are completely foreign to them, you know, they find themselves in Odd, odd positions on political issues. So what what would you say to people who, like you, were doing everything right and life was totally on track and then something that you had no control over has forced you into a totally different direction? You know, it, 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 it's a hard thing to grasp because we feel like, you know, we, we all go through those periods of, you know, why me? why why did this have have to happen to me certainly there's many other people in the world who you know aren't good people who who bad things could happen to so why is it that this had to happen to me or to somebody i love and you know the truth of the matter is is the fact that i believe you know we don't really know the biggest thing is is that in this life, we will face challenges. And I believe that, I believe strongly in, and, and I say this, but I, I don't want it to come across wrong, but I say that I've come to believe that everything in this life happens for a reason. And it all happens for a good reason. Even if at the time, you can't see any good that could possibly come out of it. And all I can say is that I believe life is a such a much bigger picture than any of us can grasp. 
And I can only use my own life, my own experience to say that I can see now looking back at it where everything in my my childhood was designed to prepare me for what was to come. Um, the, the personality I was given of being very organized, of getting to try so many different things, um, getting to travel and see so many places, all preparing me for what was to come when I turned 17. And I would lose all of my eyesight. And, and so I can just say that there is a plan and you just have to go with it. And you have to give yourself time to, to mourn the loss of what was, but realize that as time goes by, I promise you will step into this new life and realize even though it's not like you, you thought it was going to be, as I said earlier, you know, it doesn't mean that it still can't be great. Yeah. So uh, one of the things I like to work on in my own life is making an effort to find those positive things that uh, led up to or, or, or come out of, of any of these bad experiences. So what are some of the things you learned about yourself that maybe other people can learn about themselves in the way that you, you dealt with this, uh, this, the, the, uh, the effects of the brain surgery? Yeah. You know, I think, I think the biggest thing is the fact that none of us, none of us really understand what we're capable of until we're thrown into the mix. And I say this because so many people that it's, it's kind of like the common thing that people say is, Oh my gosh, you know, I, I can't imagine Kevin. I, I, I can't imagine there's no way that I, that I could do it. And I always, I always kind of have a little chuckle and I say, you don't understand me on October 27th of 2003 would have said the exact same thing. There wasn't anything special about me then. There isn't anything special about me. And now it's the fact that we're all capable of so much more, you know, when we're thrown into, to the mix and, 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 you know, and that's the thing is just remembering that, you know, we're, we're just, as I keep, you know, we're, we're more resilient, we're more capable, we're stronger than we give ourselves credit for. Um, and I have no idea if I even answered your question, but, um, but on <laughs> well, the, we, on have a, tangent, we, have a, on. we have a saying here at What's Your Excuse that it's a good day when the, when the guest answers a better question than Max, Max asked them. So... <laughs> So we'll just go with it. You know, that's, that's the trademark. I, 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 that's saying, a trademark that phrase actually. So, uh, yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so, uh, so I, I tend to agree with you. I, I like to think that there really isn't anything all that special about Max, but here's my reasoning for it. If Max was special, if Max was different, then there would be no point for anybody to watch what Max does because they couldn't do what Max does if Max is special. I love it. Absolutely love it. It's true. It's yeah. true. Unfortunately, as a blind person, I'm sure you've been through this, people tend to want to make us 
into uh, superheroes, into people who have special gifts and talents that they don't have because we live our lives in a, in a, in a successful fashion in spite of the vision loss. Yeah. Oh, and, and I, I totally let them just keep thinking that. If they want to paint me as a superhero, I'm all for it. That's why I love going and speaking to schools. Especially I have a I have one teacher who has me come to her class to speak to. She does a, a combined kindergarten and first grade. And I'll tell you what, my whole goal there is to just paint myself as this amazing blind superhero. And the kids think I'm super awesome. Until until I'll get one of those little smart aleck little brats who tries to ask me some type of question that throws me off and tries to make me not so cool. And it's that little kid that I'm like, you know what? Shut up and keep your question to yourself. You know? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I I mean, I'm all for them. I mean, if they, if they want to think I'm some type of special superhero, go for it, you know, whatever. (laughs) Right. Right. But you will, you will admit. I I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. But you, you will admit that when it comes to people with a disability, the most of the world falls into one of two categories. They either think we are inept and to be pitied and have no abilities, or they think we are superheroes and can do things that they are not capable, will never be capable of doing. Uh, yes, I agree with you 100%. And, and that's what, and what's funny about that is, is I find that most of the case that I've experienced, it's the first scenario that you just spoke of. And so, therefore, it doesn't really matter what you do. It's like, it's almost like a child doing it for the first time. Oh, you can do that. Wow. You know? Well, my my dad used to tell me, Max, don't get mad at them because when they underestimate you, that makes it easier for you to impress them. Exactly. It's so true. It's so true. That's what, you know, people, people too, you know what I've come to realize? People don't know what they don't know. And so people who maybe they don't know somebody who's become blind or, or disabled in you know in any fashion, if they don't know it and they're not around it, they just don't know. And and that's where, you know, I mean, we don't it, it gets annoying sometimes to have to constantly be your own, you know, kind of walking billboard and own advocate. But the truth of the matter is, is you know. Like I said, they don't know what they don't know. And so that's where when when I've been with, with, with family and and they crack me up because uh family members they, they you know they get real defensive, you know, for you. And yeah. so when we, we will be at places and they'll 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 see somebody staring at me, you know? And so they, they will look and kind of give them this like, you know, mean look, you know, like let them know like I see you yeah. staring, you know, at yeah. the, the person. And so instead though, I'm like I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, you got to understand. I said, they're just, they're fascinated because they just, like I said, they don't know what they don't know. And so therefore it's awesome to me to be able to show them like, yeah, I'm blind and I'm out living life, you know? Yeah. I I can think of many occasions uh, along what you're saying where your family members or whoever was a company, you got mad at you. I remember one time in particular, uh, a waitress was tapping her foot because she was impatient with me about deciding what I wanted for breakfast. And my family got up and left. And I'm like, 
I didn't know what she's doing until later. I'm like, I'm like, come on, just let the girl tap her feet. I wanted to have breakfast. Now we got to find some real <laughs> tea. We got to sit down and go through the whole spiel over again. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. So, well, so I, so I will give I'll give you this this funny example. So it's it's been a, it's been a while now since I've been on a cruise, but there for a while we we are going on a cruise about about once a year. Okay, and and um. Every single cruise I've ever been on, there has been at least one person who comes up to, and of course, though they don't, they don't speak to me. They speak to whoever I'm with, and will say, "Oh my gosh, it's so wonderful that you bring him on a cruise." <laughs> and, and and so, and I always then just start laughing, and I immediately answer for the person that they're talking to since I'm standing right there and I say, Oh, I know. I love it when they let me out of the cage every once in a while. I just <laughs> love when I get to go play with the rest of the family. <laughs> I'm surprised. One of your fa- I'm surprised one of your family members doesn't just turn to him and go, yeah, it's great that he paid for us to come on this cruise. Otherwise we'd all be stuck at home. <laughs> exactly. exactly it's just you know it's yeah but it's it's literally it's it's just it's so funny it's so funny yeah which is yes (laughs) right which is which is why i really you know try to put it out there that it's okay for people to ask me their stupid questions i i like to i like to tell people that it's easier for me to answer an awkward question than it is for me to clean up the mess that happens when you guess (laughs) i love that that is so true yeah, it is. And most of us are pretty approachable as long as the questions are asked with, with dignity and tact. I mean, uh, now let me ask, let me ask you this, Max, how many people ask you if you know sign language? I have never had that one. I have. You never, have it? No, I've never had that, that must one. Be, that must be a Florida thing. Um, it must that be. is probably, that is the most common question I am asked is, oh, so you know sign language? <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm like you're close but you know, that's you, for those who are deaf i i know braille are you thinking braille <laughs> i just i just realized something you know who you remind me of a lot with your your voice and some of the things you say and also the, your laugh you remind me a lot of jim gaffigan I don't even know who that is. He's a very, you know, wry comedian. Uh, does a lot of jokes about okay. his family. You should look him up because yes. you remind me a I lot will. of him. And I'm I'm saying that in a positive way, you know. Um, okay, well, thank you. <laughs> my, my favorite question that I ever got as far as my vision loss was I was, uh, I was, for a while I was working at a job where I was in the same place every week and I signed up for a gym membership. And one of the okay. guys came up to me in the gym and he said, you can't be blind. Look at you, man. You're huge. As, <laughs> as, if, as if I couldn't be blind because I was healthy otherwise, you know? So Yes, of course. That's so funny. You know, That's forget so the fact funny. I was probably 150 to 200 pounds overweight at that time. But I mean, it's just like <laughs> yeah, yeah. his mind, he just couldn't, you know, he just couldn't make the two work. So yeah, so look, that's I'm, so funny. Yeah, so I'm enjoying talking with my with my friend Kevin Lowe from the Lowdown with Kevin Lowe, and you can find him at lowdownwithkevinlowe.com. 
And if I mess it up, maybe just add the word the in front of it. I'll clean it up in the show notes. And, you know, uh, because of his brain surgery, he lost his vision pretty much overnight. He first taught himself how to find the light in the darkness. And now he teaches others through his life coaching and his podcast, which is an excellent podcast. Y'all should definitely check it out. Subscribe, rate, review. Um, so let's talk about um, what it is you work with as far as your clients, because as I understand it, your goal is to make them understand that what it was that, uh, that made them unique that was their special sort of brilliance or superpower that that hasn't changed or gone away or shouldn't have to just because of vision loss or some other disability. Am I following that correctly? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I, you know, I, I started my podcast, my podcast came first and then the podcast through the different people, you know, that, that I kept just interacting with interviewing and stuff has led into to me becoming a life coach and and exactly, my my whole thing as a life coach is is working with those who have become disabled, um, similar scenarios to like myself, and who are maybe just kind of struggling to to move into just their next chapter of life. Um, and so that's where I come in as a life coach, helping somebody to to really recognize who they truly are. Um, because I think a lot of times when when somebody asks us, you know, who we are, we identify ourselves based on outward characteristics, outward things we do, um, like myself. Um, you know, I identified myself as, you know, oh, I, you know, ride dirt bikes. I love to go muddy in my truck. Well, those are things that I love to do before I went blind, but they're not who I was. And so after losing my eyesight, you know, in a sense, you could say, I kind of lost my identity. And so, you know, it took a long time to to realize who I truly was and, and what I truly loved. And so basically, as a life coach, I, you know, use my own experience to now help somebody else kind of fast track that process and helping them to realize who they truly are, what their brilliance really is, and, you know, in, in what they can do with life now. And, um, you know, because, you know, my, my whole thing is, as I've said, you know, it's only a bad situation if you can't figure out some way to make good out of it. And, and that's where, you know, for myself, you know, I, I've really come to, to say it and know it both in my head and in my heart is that, you know, if I can make a difference in somebody else's life, then I have to believe that all I that I have been through has been worth it. And as a life coach, you know, that's just it further hits home with that is that, you know, wow, maybe all of this was for this reason. All that I've been through me becoming blind and going through all of that. It's so that now I can be a help to somebody else who's, you know, become disabled in some way or been diagnosed with with an illness or, you know, whatever it is, um, to just, just help people, um, is, you know, what, what I just was really lights me up. Okay. So to follow that up, who is Kevin Lowe now? Ah, I knew you were going to ask that. (laughs) You would be a very, you would be a very poor coach or, and or podcast host if you weren't expecting that question. 
exactly exactly so i mean besides for being like you know super good looking you know big blind guy um (laughs) um no who kevin lowe is kevin lowe is somebody who truly has learned to love life and in more so the people in it and you know and so for myself you know i just i love just the mornings i love the sound of the morning birds the the rays of sunlight coming through the window. So I guess you could say Kevin Lowe is somebody who appreciates the little things and recognizes the little, the little, you know, things that, that maybe before in my, my other life, I never noticed before, but now without sight, I'm able to recognize and and pay attention to just how beautiful this world is. And and so, you know, that those are the things that, that I appreciate, that I love. Um, you know, and other than that, you know, Kevin, he's just a easygoing, fun-loving guy who, you know, is just um, inspired by life itself and, and loves, you know, is, is, you know, as I say, you know, I'm, I'm guided by my faith and inspired by life itself. Okay, so let me uh, ask another question, which is, you know, you're, uh, do you, Something I've gotten a few a few times is, has your vision loss or your adapting to your vision loss, depending on how you see it, has either of those resulted in you being a more intuitive listener? Are you somebody who can put himself in other people's places better now than you could before? 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where, and that's where I will tell you that so many people that I interview on my podcast they will they will tell me after the fact after we finish the interview they will tell me oh my gosh like kevin like you asked me questions that no one else has ever asked before or kevin you saw things about my story that no one else has ever seen or picked up on before and i always respond and i tell them wow maybe you should start getting interviewed by more blind podcast hosts because <laughs> for myself i saw all of it perfectly clear and and I and I was telling him, I'm like, that's the problem. Your other the other people interviewing have been too distracted with their eyesight. You need to ask them to close their eyes next time, you know. So so yes, I do, I do, and I and and, and I say that in in you know all sincerity is is I truly do. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it just has to do with you know my personality that I that I've always had. But but it does, um, you know. I find that I'm I'm. It's very easy for me to pick up on on people um, about you know. You don't have to see them to know that they're angry or they're happy or they're sad or they're uncomfortable. You can pick it up in their words, their actions, their movement. So yeah, so I would say yes. It, it, I, yeah. I'm a much better listener. <clears throat> right. There are two phrases that are often said by friends of mine, and they probably apply to you as well. One of them is that Max sees more because he's not distracted by his eyes, which you just spoke to, actually. And yep. the other one is, is that while Max can't see the world, he opens the eyes of everyone who comes in contact with him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So how are so, what are some of the ways that you get these people to uh, – become familiar and comfortable with who they are now so that they can actually move forward. Because the whole point of this show is to share something that will help people get unstuck and unlocked and, and, you know, maybe 
put their pieces back together a little bit. So what are some of the ways you get people to become uh, more comfortable with who they are now? Yeah, so I would say, you know, the, the biggest thing for, for anybody, you know, is first and foremost is is to put aside everything that the outside world tells you. And so what I mean by that is when I went blind, all the so-called experts, they, you know, they, they kept telling, normally it wasn't to me, normally it was to, to my family, like my mom, uh, my grandmother, my dad, whoever they would talk to about me was, you know, that Kevin really needs to, you know, it's time that Kevin accepts what's happened to him. He needs to, to move on. He needs to be doing this. So first and foremost, stop listening to what people say that you should or shouldn't be doing or at what point in your life you should be at. Because all of us are on our own chapter, our own, we're all writing our own book in this life and we each are on our own chapter. And my chapter 10 is way different than your chapter 10. And so that's the first step is just putting all of that aside and then really just focusing on you yourself and, and really identifying, you know, again, like we said earlier, of who you truly are. What do you truly love in life? And, you know, and now that, you know, you're embarking on this this new life of, you know, where you have this, you know, disability that that has has you know you know facing it is has really you know in many aspects ruined your life it, it took away the life that you loved but it's it's getting down to the part of okay and and like i said this earlier about my own self is getting to that point where you say okay even though it's not going to be like i thought it was it doesn't mean that it still can't be great and so it's getting to acknowledge that with yourself, know it in your heart. And so it's me just working with somebody, getting them to, to realize that, realize maybe what barriers are standing in their way of them, you know, stepping forward in life and taking new chances. Is it that they're still, you know, hung up on what life, you know, should have been, could have been? Um, you know, is it is it that that's standing in their way? Just trying to identify those barriers, figure out what the barriers are, break down those barriers. And now, you know, with the barriers starting to be broken down is identifying, you know, what you want out of life. And now when we figure out what you want out of life, now we can start working on figuring out what steps need to be taken for you to get it. Yeah, when I was listening to you, I was thinking of a country song called She's More. And the lines go something like, uh, she's not the way I thought she would be in those paint by number fantasies I had. She's more. Yes. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Okay. So uh, one of the things I believe in a lot and have been have benefited from quite a bit is from people who have helped me see the the person that I am in ways that I wouldn't see for myself from the inside. So, I mean, how do you draw a balance between ignoring the should and should nots from people who aren't serving you and accepting the should and should nots from people who really do understand you and have your best interest at heart? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, and and you're right because you know 
if 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 I'm understanding kind of what you're asking is kind of one of those things where you know the people sometimes the people closest to us who really know us kind of know know us a little bit better than ourselves because they see our our life from a different a different view a different angle and um you know i i really feel as though it just takes truly living and and you know and going through the motions and maybe you got to try it out your own way first because you know any any road to to succeeding you've got to fail um you know that that's plain and simple um that's part of life you're going to you're going to have to trip and stumble before you you know learn to run and so you know um you know that that's the biggest thing and, and and when when you start running and realizing wow if i had just listened to you know my family in the first place i could have avoided all of that other stuff well yeah <laughs> sure no no doubt we all wish that but as i always told my little stepbrother growing up when he would fall and he'd scrape himself i'd say oh i'm like don't worry that builds character well it's the same thing with those emotional falls that we take is it builds character it builds us you know further into the person who we are now who now can learn from those mistakes and you know help us you know for for whatever you know life throws at us you know on the road ahead yeah my dad would have called that um giving us experience and then he would say don't worry i'm not going to charge you for the lesson <laughs> exactly exactly that's yeah, right but the the thing i was thinking of is if it weren't for the uh the continued um i don't know if encouragement is a strong enough word if it wasn't for i guess you'd say the continued maybe even nagging but basically several of my close friends who i've met online so they're not family or people i meet every day if it weren't for them, I would still be strictly selling used carnival rides and amusement park equipment. It's only because of them that I realized the potential of being an author, a blogger, a podcaster, and in the early days a coach, but now a publicist. So it, it was so that was what I was trying to get at. Because you know, you, you yes. talk about the should and the should not, but then, you know, in my case, I have to wonder where I would be if I hadn't listened to people who felt like they knew me better than than I did and who it turned out did know me better than I did of course and and you know what though I feel like that that kind of you know goes to a bigger point too of being sure that you're hanging around the right kind of people you know in 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 expanding your reach because you know family and, and your close friends are great but expanding even beyond that and the more people, the good people you can meet, you know, and get involved with the right people. Those are the people who, like you said, they see your life again from a yet another angle. And they see things about you that you don't see and that your family who are too close don't see. Yet these other people, they're a little bit further away and they can see a bigger picture. And so maybe it's easier for them to be like, it's so clear and evident what you should be doing. You know, yeah. and, and that's where I think, again, and being open, being open to what people say. And, and, and even though it may not be something that you had thought of, well, don't immediately dismiss it. Just, you know, kind of think, wow, OK, may, maybe that's a valid point. 
So yeah, I love it. Yeah. So there was, there was one thing I wanted to ask you about and it has to, you know, there are a lot of people nowadays who um, have gotten into coaching. Some of them from personal experience, some of them from formal training programs, some of them a combination of both. When I first accepted that, the, that the that I was going to be the blind blogger, I initially thought that I would do coaching uh, because I had done so well, uh, you know, overcoming my own obstacles and accomplishing a lot of things. I thought that that would work. Uh, unfortunately, that's not what anybody ever wanted to hire me for. I finally realized that people uh, had saw me, saw more value from me as a publicist than they did as a coach. Of course, I've since learned that in my work as a publicist, I get to do some coaching. So when you, so how long have you been a coach and, you know, how did you get started and what are some of the ways you've, you have attracted or discovered or found uh, clients so that, you know, you can, this can be your, your life's purpose. Yeah, of course. Of course. So, you know, the, the whole, the whole road to, to me becoming a life coach, um, was has really been like kind of a, a natural progression if I think about it um stemming back from you know me starting with public speaking um and in public speaking in all different settings from churches to to being on radio to as I mentioned earlier going to different schools and um you know so, so it goes back to that um where I see a progression and then as I said you know I I tried to I tried for a long time to fit, uh, you know, a square peg into a round hole. And that's where I worked as a, uh, a travel agent. Um, you know, I opened up a travel agency in like January of 2013. And that was where all my focus was put until um, basically eight years later, um, when, when I closed the doors to the travel agency at the heart of the pandemic. And that's when I began my new venture into to podcasting and, and as I mentioned earlier, it was kind of this natural progression then into life coaching. And so life coaching is um, one of my more newest endeavors that I've embarked on um, now. But, um, you know, it's just um, finding people, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the people, you know, is making relationships through different Facebook groups that I'm part of, um, you know, for people who are, you know, blind, visually impaired, or have other disabilities, um, including even... Um, you know, people who it's not like, um, I guess, a physical disability that you would see, but people who are like me who have no pituitary function. Um, and because um, I have no pituitary gland as a result of the brain tumor. And so, you know, it's working with even people like that. And so, like I said, a lot of, a lot of the people I've worked with, clients of mine, you know, come from Facebook groups. And, um, you know, and so that's where, you know, I'm able to, to work with them and then just, you know, from, from personal referrals and people, you know, the, the more they learn about what you're doing and you explain to them what you're doing, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, who know people like, Oh my gosh, I think you can be a help, you know, to so-and-so. And, um, and so that's, you know, really where it's, you know, really come from. Um, but like I said, you know, a lot of it, you know, it's, it's pretty new. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, obviously doing my podcast and, and, that's, you know, going out every week and, um, and now adding to it where I'm able to kind of go from, you know, being just producing kind of like inspiring content to now, you know, really just diving in and working one-on-one -on -one with people um, to, you know, just further be able to, as I, again, just further share just like this, this passion for life and passion for, 
for the fact that, you know, we, we can overcome, you know, even the, the greatest challenges that are thrown in our way. You know, you just did something for me, and and I have to really thank you for this because you just turned the key and locked that should have never been locked for me because I am uh, involved in quite a few groups that have to do with visual impairment, but I'm not in any groups that have anything to do with any other types of disability, and I'm not in any groups that have anything to do with mental illness. And as... Yeah. As somebody who's, you know, working on a podcast network to help other people with disabilities, I need to be able to find those people with disabilities who want to start podcasts or who want to grow the audiences of existing podcasts. So, you know, why can't Max? And and I've really been struggling making connections outside of the visual impairment community. It's as if it's as if there's a wall between blindness and deafness and wheelchair users. But really the problem wasn't that people weren't listening to me or interested. I just hadn't put myself in the right place to meet those people yet. So hearing you talk about using Facebook groups and, you know, expanding beyond to other disability groups as where you're meeting your uh, clients or getting referrals to them man, I just can't believe I didn't see that before. So, I mean, you know, and, and, uh, and basically you've, you've just met your quota. Cause I tell people all the time that they're thinking about starting a podcast. I'm like, if you're going to do an interview show and you don't learn at least one new thing or relearn at least one new thing, every time you press record, you're doing it wrong. So, <laughs> so I mean, really, you don't know how big a thing this is and, and, most people that listen to this aren't going to realize how big a thing this is. Basically, in order to do what I want to do to help more people, I have to be able to find those interested persons with disabilities. And, yep. you know, I don't know what the percentage is, vision loss to total number of people with a disability in the world, but I'm sure it's a small percentage comparatively, especially if you include mental and uh, intellectual disabilities. So, you know, I've basically been limiting myself at a time when I can't afford to limit myself. I mean, so I just yep. want to make sure you understood what you did for me there and, and say thank you for it. So, um, uh, well, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, people, I've been talking with Kevin Lowe, um, life coach, host of The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. Find him at lowdownwithkevinlowe.com. A uh, wonderful podcast. I highly re- recommend that you not only go listen to his latest episode, but that you subscribe and binge the heck out of him because he's really good. Um, and, you know, he has done such a great job of overcoming his own loss, uh, loss of vision, but then also loss of the light. But he's done a great job of, of, of redis- re- rediscovering it and helping other people find it again in their own lives. So, what is like one or two last things you would like to tell the audience before we press stop? Yeah. You know, I, I think the biggest thing that, that I always like to tell people is the fact of don't, don't let my story be something that you say, wow, that's really awesome that he was able to overcome what he did and that he's doing what he's doing now. Because like I said earlier, we're all capable. You're capable of so much more than you could ever imagine. And so, and whatever you're going through in life, it's no bigger, no greater, no worse 
than what I've been through. And, and, you know, and that's whether or not it's, it's a disability, if it's financial troubles, if it's, you know, relationship issues, whatever it is, it's big to you. And I have to just encourage you to realize that, you know, in life, you know, it's, it's this road we're traveling down and I view these hard times as a bump in the road. And so just remember that, you know, the faster you're driving, those bumps, yeah, you hit them, but it's just a little bump and then you keep on going. And so that's where I would encourage you to just keep that mindset that, you know, even though life can be hard right now, it doesn't mean that tomorrow has to be hard also. So just stay positive, keep, you know, um, you know, just focusing forward. And um, if all else fails, uh, tune into my podcast and, and, and get a little uh, further inspiration that, uh, that you know what, this life, it's, it's worth living. Now you have me questioning my show title. Because, it, <laughs> because you know, well, I mean, I've, I think it's still correct. But, I mean, basically at this point, I would say to people, you know, if, uh, if Kevin can do it, then what's your excuse? And at first I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. If any of us is capable of this, maybe that's wrong. And then I'm like, no, Max, you're overthinking it. Because basically... <laughs> Basically, it is correct. You know, Kevin's nothing special. Max is nothing special. So we've we've both taken different paths. We've both overcome different obstacles in different ways. So if we can do this, come on, Kevin, let's let's try this just once. If we can do this, then three, two, one. What's your your excuse? excuse? Let's try that one more time. Okay, three, two, one. What's your your excuse? Excuse, man. We're, I'm gonna have to work on this. We're gonna have to come up with a coaching sheet or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wait, are you are you trying to say we're not a duet? Sounds like that. Well, yeah. Kevin, okay. Kevin, I've really I've really appreciated it. So so thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for having me on your podcast and for becoming part of uh, part of my online family, so to speak. Absolutely. It was such a pleasure to be here and and thank you for the opportunity. Okay. So we had another great conversation today, this time with Kevin Lowe of the lowdown with Kevin Lowe, who y'all should be on the lookout for a podcast episode where he interviewed me. This has been really fun to, to have reciprocal conversations. Uh, And, you know, both of us with vision loss, but with drastically different causes his was a more immediate thing. Mine was gradual over years before it uh, had a big drop off. So love what he taught us about uh, how he doesn't see himself as being anything, anything special and that pretty much anybody can, uh, can overcome their disability, their setbacks, their tragedies, if they're just willing to accept them and also remember that there's a purpose to be found, or as I like to say, there's something positive to be found. Uh, you just have to decide that it's there and keep looking for it. So he's done a really good job of finding the light in his own life. Uh, his coaching is all about helping other people find the light in their life, which is also kind of funny because once upon a time, the show was called leading you out of the darkness I really enjoyed how openly he shared his story and thought it was important that he did mention his faith and his family as being part of him making the transition 
I hope y'all enjoyed some of our asides about uh, life as a visually impaired person and the way other people out in the world sometimes approach us or treat us. And I hope that you take that as an encouragement when you get an opportunity to meet Kevin or myself or someone else with any kind of a disability that you take it as an opportunity to learn more about them and also to learn more about yourself. Um, Thanks to Kevin. I do now believe that, yes, we have the right name for the show because if Kevin can do it, if I can do it, and even though we couldn't do it together because we just can't get on the same page, if we can do it, then what's your excuse? So I hope that you will be inspired by Kevin today. I really do hope you visit his his podcast and uh, subscribe, leave a rating or a review. If you review his podcast and let me know about it, I will give you a shout out on my social media channels. Same as if you leave a review on my podcast, what's your excuse? All right. I do appreciate your time, your continued support, because without you, I couldn't continue to do this. I know you have a lot of opportunities of other things to spend your time and energy on, but you continue to support me. So I appreciate that. I hope that you will visit our sponsor blubbery.com especially if you're considering starting a podcast or if you've become dissatisfied with your podcast hosting company uh, they make the process very easy to migrate your podcast from one of those free hosting platforms that I used to use that was so frustrated I was so frustrated with to blubbery Uh, also like I say they're not a sponsor but I have gotten great benefit from crystalcreekorganics.com their CBD products So I hope you will check them out and there will be an affiliate link to them, which means if you visit their site or buy things, I'll get credit towards, uh, towards purchasing merchandise of theirs myself. So, and I do hope that if you're considering starting a podcast and you have a disability, you'll think about doing it through the what's your excuse network and through my help. So you can find us again at the blindblogger.net at WY excuse.com wyexcuse.com that's for the podcast network and also you can just say Alexa or Google or Siri play what's your excuse all right thanks and until next time take care out there oh I will sail my vessel until the river runs dry Like a bird upon the wind, these waters are my sky. I'll never reach my destination if I never try. So I will sail my vessel until the river runs dry.